Hello, my friends. Welcome to Word Made Digital. I'm your host, Joanna LaFleur. This is the final episode of season seven. This is episode 14 of season seven. Today, we are talking to Madison Pruitt. Madison was on The Bachelor. She was a contestant on that show, the reality show where the guy dates a bunch of girls or the girl dates a bunch of guys and they try to find a partner for life off the show. A few have done it. Most fail and we get to all watch the drama. But we're going to be talking to Madison about how she handled this platform and national prominence and criticism and social media and all the stuff that happens when you go on a show like this and particularly what happens when you go on a show like this as a Christian. So thank you so much to our sponsors for making this possible. Compassion Canada, amazing people doing amazing work around the world. Cannot wait to tell you more this spring. Stay tuned. We're working on a project together for a community in Thailand to raise money for sports fields that are going to just transform this whole community. I've been meeting with them. Can't wait to tell you more. I can't wait for you to get involved in this. And thank you also, of course, to the Church Co. website building company. I've been talking about all season long and I've been talking about them for years before because I love what they're doing. I want you to check out that link in the show notes uh, because if you haven't checked it out, I think it's worth looking at, whether you need a website for yourself, for your church, whatever it may be. So as the last episode of this season, I just want to remind you, of course, we've got the whole back catalog of all these podcasts on YouTube. We've seen more and more people starting to check out what's going on with our YouTube channel. If you want to see the conversations that we're having, or you want to check out some of our tutorials, we have all kinds of free tutorials with more coming out this year, all about how to help you do church communications, marketing, media, digital content better. And also speaking of that, of course, we have a whole community that's doing that together, the Digital Church Facebook group. We would love you to join the group, join the conversation join the community and uh, just a place to ask questions, maybe to find a job or to post a job, maybe to um, share articles and wrestle through how this digital thing affects us as church people. All right. Now here is my conversation with Madison Pruitt from The Bachelor. Welcome to the Word Made Digital podcast with Joanna LaFleur. You're listening to season seven. Word Made Digital brings you interviews with Christian creatives and communicators to inspire, challenge, and equip you in your own work. The church has the best news in the world, so we want to help you be the best communicators in the world. Here we go. Madison Pruitt, welcome to Word Made Digital. I'm really, uh, I think it's so fun to have you on the podcast today. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I'm so pumped to be here and just excited for this conversation. Well, hey, can you, as a means of introduction, uh, before we go backwards, let's start. Like, where are you at today? Who are you? Uh, Introduce yourself to us. So I'm in Dallas, Texas right now. And originally from Alabama, I was on season 24 of The Bachelor and it was quite the interesting season. Uh, we, uh, The Bachelor and I went into the finale together trying to figure out if we wanted to be a couple or not, but a couple days after the finale ended, we decided to mutually kind of part ways and just be friends. So I, since then, have uh, released a book. It came out a month ago or so, uh, made yeah. for this moment, Standing Firm and Strength, Grace and Courage is now out. That's something I've been working on for years, which is just so crazy that it's out. And so I spent a lot of my time really talking about Made for This Moment and you know spreading that message through interviews, conversations, and I also do a lot of speaking and things with social media as well. So just a little bit of everything. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Well, and of course, we got to talk about the show because I just was saying to you before we hit record, uh, I actually watched some of your season, and so I have a bit of context, but for like for a lot of people, maybe they wouldn't know. But I, I mean, there are more like closeted fans of the show, I think. Obviously, millions of people watch it. <laughs> Not everybody wants yeah. to admit that they watch it, but a lot right. of people watch The Bachelor. Um, I mean, just in general, like when this opportunity, how did this opportunity even come your way to do that show? Like, did you just throw it? Did someone nominate you? Did you throw into an open casting call? Like, how did you come to be on the show? So it's funny. I was actually leading a small group with some of my friends and we were in Birmingham, Alabama. I was working at a foster care and adoption organization at the time. 
and I had just come out of a four-year relationship and we were leading this Bible study together and you know one night I, I come in and all the girls have their books on the ground and they're like hunched over watching intensely like watching the TV and I was like what are they doing what are they watching <laughs> and I come in and I'm like guys what are we doing like let's let's get to it let's open God's word let's you know jump into this Bible study and I see that they're watching The Bachelor I had never seen it before and so I was immediately honestly a little jealous and I was like, guys, I was like, come on now. Like, we're not going to watch The Bachelor. We're going to open God's word and we're going to talk about Jesus. But, you know, we ended up, of course, watching The Bachelor and then talked about, you know, our Bible stuff the rest of the time. But we finished the show and they just kind of made a little joke. They were like, you would be so perfect for this show. And I joked and I was like, absolutely not. I was like, mark this, like, mark this down, mark my words. I would never go on The Bachelor. <laughs> and I said that. And it's so funny because months later, I found out they had applied me for the show without me knowing. Oh, no way. And and I got a call from The Bachelor when I was working out one day in the gym and got a call from California, answered it, very confused, and they said they wanted to have me on season 24 of The Bachelor. And I, at first, honestly, still was not considering it. It wasn't something that, you know, I had just, again, gotten out of a four-year relationship with mm -hmm. someone. I mean, it had been like three or four months by that time, but I'd just come out of a relationship and... You know, he was a pastor. I had just graduated seminary school. Like, I was not, it did not make sense for me to go on The Bachelor. Like, let's just say that. So I was just very kind of like, no, this doesn't make sense. This has, this is not for me. And I remember kind of even explaining that to the girl. I was like, listen, I, I don't know that I'm the girl you're looking for. I'm very flattered that you guys have called, but I just don't know that this is for me. And she was like, well, you just take time and think about it. And you don't have to give us a decision right now. You don't have to make up your mind right now. And she kind of explained what the next steps would be. And then we ended our call. And then I called my mom right after. And I just remember being like, mom, I just got the weirdest call. Like the bachelor just called me. And I'm like, absolutely not. I'm not going on the show. And I just remember, thinking she was going to agree with me that no, my daughter is not going on the show. And right. instead she just was like, you know, Maddie, I just, I don't think you should ever shut a door until you take time to pray about it. Mm. And I was like, Oh, I wasn't expecting that. Okay. <laughs> and so basically long story short, just really took it before the Lord and prayed about it and brought it before my family. And we prayed about it together. And just really, I mean, we were being very, very, very intentional about it. My church actually was going through 21 days of prayer and fasting at the time. And we just collectively as a family just stood in unity together saying like, I, Lord, I do not want this, like not even a little bit. So you're going to mm -hmm. have to make this really clear if this is where you're leading me. And I just can't even explain to you. It was just time after time and time after time of just God making it so known that that was where he was leading me, which in my mind made zero sense. But yeah, I just right. trusted it. And I i mean, I remember it was really hard because there were a lot of people who were starting to find out about it. And so it was kind of gossip around town and, you know, people judging me, the church judging me and saying, you know, all these really rude rumors, things, hateful things. And I just remember thinking like, wow, this is only a taste of what I'm about to get and like a taste of what I'm about to step into. And I had this moment and I was like, Lord, I don't think I can do this. Like, this mm. is overwhelming. These people don't even know like what you're speaking to me. They don't even know my heart. They're just judging from the outside and making all of these assumptions, which I don't blame them. I would too, honestly. And it just was overwhelming. And I just remember having that you know, conversation with the Lord. And he just spoke to me. He was like, you know, one day you're going to be face to face with me. And I don't want you to have to look me in the eyes and say, I wasn't obedient. And I didn't walk out my purpose because I feared man over fearing you. Mm, and wow. I just had a moment of just like a heart check and being like, you know what, God, you're right. And I'm called to obey you, whatever the cost and whatever comes with it. And even if where you're leading me doesn't make sense, and, you know, you look at people all throughout the Bible, there were so many leaders and people who they were led to places that didn't make sense, you know, and, you know, you look at Hosea, 
like called Mary a prostitute. That makes zero sense, you know? And like, you look at, you know, Jonah going to Nineveh, that makes zero sense. And, and I just remember sitting there like, okay, God, it doesn't make sense, but I trust you and I'm leaning into that. And so I went on to the show really not having seen a single, I, I think I'd seen two episodes total and I'd not seen a whole season. So I, there was a lot I did not know about the show when I stepped into it, but I just fully trusted God and, it was crazy. <laughs> yeah, but you, and then you kind of, and the bachelorettes or the bachelors who don't go very far, you know, I mean, like they, they just are in an episode or two. They don't, they don't make much of a impact because you just haven't had any time to get to know them. But you went like right to the end with this guy. And so I think one of the, the big questions we all feel if we watch a show, like, whether you've seen The Bachelor or a show like it, like. I mean, it, it's not reality TV, it's it's TV, and there's some yeah. elements, I guess, of reality in it. It's you, you're a real person, you're not pretending to be somebody else, but do, do you think that, like, people find love on this show? Like, did you go in thinking, like, this is possible? Did you come in with that kind of openness, or uh, are you like, ah, oh, this is a bunch of crap, like, let's just go and see what happens? <laughs> Honestly, I had no idea what to expect. Like I, again, I knew it was where God was leading me, but I didn't know why. And yeah. I didn't know what it was going to look like. So I was in my mind, in my logical mind, I was like, okay, I'm very picky. I have very high standards. I want a man after God's own heart. I got to see this, this, and this before I would ever get engaged. So there were some logical things that I was like, I mean, it's going to have to really be God for this to happen. Yeah. But I was definitely still, I mean, open to whatever God had. I wasn't closed off, but um, I was definitely like, you know, logical about everything. Even throughout the show, I was extremely logical and methodical with every decision and choice that I made and very, and very prayerful, of course, you know, with everything that I did. But, you know, it was a, it was a very intense, I guess, uh, tension between your head and your heart because you're, you know, feeling all of these things, but then your head is also like, wait, I've only known this guy for this long. There's other women involved. What is life going to be like outside of a TV show? I've yeah. never even talked to this guy off camera. Like there's wow. a lot of things that, you know, go through your mind logically, but at the same time, you're like, okay, but I'm feeling all these things and I, I really do like this guy and yeah. you know, he likes me. And so there's just, there's a lot of tension there, but I was extremely logical, which is ultimately why I ended up breaking up with him, uh, the day before engagement. Wow. Well, yeah, I mean, maybe again, because people probably don't know the story, but in the end you felt, at least this is sort of my view of it, that there were some things that didn't align with your values that like, you know, you're a nice person, but this doesn't align with like who I fundamentally am looking for in a partner as a Christian, like I can't keep going. Um, and you talk yeah. about in your book, like this book made for this moment, you talk about this, I want to get to this idea of pre-decide who you're going to be or who, and that's mm -hmm. kind of what I'm seeing playing out in the story of you on the show is you did some pre-deciding. So can you talk to us a little bit about that? Um, so that you could get into this high pressure situation and still be yourself. Yeah, I think the whole idea for me when I when I really was when I was writing this book and I started thinking about because so many people asked me right when I came off the show like how were you able to stand for him under pressure? How did you stay true to yourself with all those eyes on you with so many expectations with so many opinions so many voices? And even though yes, not everyone is going on reality TV at least I hope not. You know, many of us face those temptations and those pressures every single day. Those pressures to compromise. Those pressures to you know become less than those pressures to settle, those pressures to, you know, mm -hmm. compete and compare. And we all face the temptation to settle for safe and to give in to the pressures around us. I mean, there's just so many pressures and temptations that we all face every single day. And even though mine was heightened for millions to see, I still face those in everyday moments off camera. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to really have a message out there that spoke to those pressures and temptations that every single one of us face. And that it's gonna be a hard battle to fight for your identity, to fight for your confidence, to fight for your faith, to fight for your convictions. It's not gonna be easy, but it's worth it. And so that's what I wanted to really write to when I started writing this book. And for me, a big part 
part of that, you know, was kind of even tapping into, I, I've played sports my whole life. And so I, I even kind of tapped back into when I used to play sports and such a big part of that was, you know, practice and was preseason and was really training before the big moments, like training before the championships and the big games. And that was done in, you know, the, the private life moments when it's just you alone in the gym mm. or it's you and your teammate or it's you and, you know, your team really going through those plays and making sure everybody's on the same page and studying film together and all of those things. And so I talk a lot about in my book, you know, the power of training in the small everyday moments for the bigger high pressure moments, because that's going to give you what you need to stand firm, to be ready and to ultimately, you know, feel empowered to, to walk in confidence and to do all that God's called you to do. And so, you know, for me, one of those things is pre-deciding. And when I went on the show, you know, I talked through, of course, there were so many things that I could have never predicted, right? Like so right. many things that happened that I never in a million years could have known would have happened. And even me going that far, I had no idea like how far I would go at all. But I did, you know, talk through with my family, you know, if I were to get to fantasy sweet week, what is that going to look like? Right. And we decided, I decided ultimately, but I talked through it with my family that that's not something I wanted to participate in. And that's not to shame or judge absolutely anyone else who has done that or makes the decisions to do that. I just personally, with my beliefs and values and convictions, didn't feel like it was something that I wanted to participate in. And so there were a few things that I pre-decided, you know, I decided, um, you know, not to obviously be in any drama, not to talk bad about people and not to, you know, give in to any of those things. And there were some decisions that I made, but, and I think that that helps. And why I talk about it in my book is just the power of pre-deciding is I think so often for a lot of us, we just get in the heat of the moment and we just let our feelings kind of take over and just lead mm -hmm. us and direct us. But then we find ourselves later down the road, down a path of resentment or regret. And I want to help my readers. I want to help those out there understand that you don't have to wait for that low moment of regret and resentment. You can actually make a decision before that pressure ever comes, that pressure to compromise, that pressure to give in, that pressure to look like everybody else. You can actually make a decision before that moment ever comes of who you want to be and who God has called you to be and what you want to do. And like, even in college, I knew I was going to be faced with many moments where I was going to be alone in a room with a guy, where I was going to be you know, at a social gathering where people were going to be participating in things that I didn't agree with, that I didn't want to be a part of. But if I had only relied on my feelings in that moment with all of that pressure around me, it would have been extremely easy for me. Right. And there were moments when I did, but, and it would have been extremely easy for me to give into that rather than to stay grounded and stay rooted. And so what I've learned in the moments where I've been able to stay grounded and rooted and stay true to myself and to keep my standards high and my roots deep have been because because I made a decision before the heat and the pressure of the moment ever came of who I was, who God has called me to be, and to stay true to that and to let my values really lead me rather than my feelings. And so in those moments of pressure, I really go back to that thought of what do I value most? Not what do I want right now? Because my feelings are going to tell me many times, I want that chocolate chip cookie. <laughs> I want, I want that guy over there that looks really good. I yeah. want to do what everybody else is doing because it looks like fun. I don't want to be the awkward one left out. Those are what my feelings are going to tell me. But what do I value most? What do my values say? And what do I care about the most? And then going to that place um, really has helped me. But it all starts with, you know, having those conversations with yourself in the private time, pre-deciding before those moments ever come. How is 2022 going for you, my friends? I'm so grateful to partner with people like Compassion in this year of 2022. And can't wait for what's coming and why I want to talk to you about them is because they advocate on behalf of children and families living in poverty. It's an amazing thing. And they allow us to use our time, our resource, our talent, all that we have can be offered as well in some really creative ways, uh, whether we want to raise money for things like we're going to be doing together, like these sports fields, or you want to sponsor a kid, or you want to buy someone some chickens. There's all kinds of ways for you to get involved. And I love watching how my listeners and people all over Canada and around the world have been joining with compassion to deal with things like disasters, like emergency relief, and then ongoing needs that have arisen in communities because of COVID and just because of the realities of poverty in general. 
get inspired anytime. There's all kinds of ways that you can get involved. Compassion.ca. Well, I think that's, it's so good. I love your analogy of like, it's like sports. I think of when you were telling that story about like doing the reps before like the big pressure of a game or doing, you know, practicing it in your private life before it ever shows up in public. Uh, I'm thinking of this time where I was with a group of friends and this guy came out of nowhere into the middle of our group. We were walking down the street in the city and he had like an oversized wine bottle by the neck and came and smashed me on the head with it. Like chose me, some stranger, so like mentally ill or something, chose me out of this group and like smashed this thing on the head. Anyways, there were a bunch of these like sports jock guys, like these like dudes in the group and they're like, and like everyone froze. So this guy like smashed me on the head. I get a concussion. I'm on the ground, you know, and the, and then he like flails and is yelling some nonsense and running down the street, this, this man. And like all the dudes that are with me just like freeze, like we all did. And then later my friend Tommy's, you know, like, I like to like imagine in my head what I would do in a situation like that. Like I take the guy down and, you know, like do all that, like, tackle him. But like, I didn't. I did absolutely wow. nothing. And I'm just like, it's kind of a crazy story. But the point is, it's so true. We have these ideas in our head of what we think we're going to do. But if we've never actually yeah. practiced them, we're not going to do it when the pressure comes. Yeah. We're just not going to yeah. do it. And so, yeah, yeah, you're in this high pressure situation. But obviously, you're also like not so old, <laughs> meaning like um, <laughs> usually people get that amount of like clarity on their values much later in life. Um, so what do you think it is about how have you discovered some of those values? Or like, where did they come from? And then, um, like for other, like younger people, uh, how, how, how do you even go about determining what they or Like, what if they need to change? Like, what if you realize like, wow, my family had crappy values. I maybe need to like readjust yeah. these. How do you, how have you how have you figured that out um, before like you're 40 years old? <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, thank you for sharing that story. That's crazy, and I'm glad you're okay. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah, yeah. Praise God. And you know, one thing that I, I want to touch on really quick before answering that the, the next question is one thing I always like to say is your feelings are valid, but they're not always right. Mm. And I think so often we go off of our feelings and a lot of times, you know, just like your your friend who is like, why didn't I, you know, fight him for you? Why didn't I do this, do that? And I think a lot of times it's because in the moment we just go off of emotion or we just go off of what other people are doing or we just, we're so frozen that we don't even have the courage to like do anything else. Yeah. But it's, you know, in those moments before that moment ever arrives that you're really preparing to be able to have the strength, grace, and courage that you need for that moment. And so I I just wanted to touch on that really quick, but you know, for me, I think something that's been so, so big for me is because a, a lot of people ask me that question. They're like, Maddie, it seems easier for you, but I, I could never be like where you're at. I, I couldn't have the strength that you have or the confidence that you have. And I'm like, no, actually, that's not true. You actually very much can. And the same confidence and strength that has been given to me is so available for you. And that's, you know, not because of, I, I was blessed to be raised with incredible parents, but, you know, both of my parents actually come from pretty broken families and they've had to fight for their faith and their strength and their confidence. And they've been through a lot. I've been through a lot in different ways, you know, and I think one thing that's been so important that I like to share with people is, you know, when your strength and your confidence comes from you, then you have to be the one that sustains it and fulfills it. And for me, I cannot (laughs) sustain and fulfill my confidence. Like if I am fully dependent on me, myself and I to meet certain expectations and things and then other people to also accept me and meet those things. Like I'm going to constantly be riding in a place of low. Like I'm going to be constantly just low and just feel so insecure about myself and, and feel incapable and feel unworthy. And I think for me, I had to get to a place, you know, especially on a platform like The Bachelor, when so many people have opinions about your life and there's so many negative things being said and there's positive things, of course, too, but a lot of negativity and a lot of hate and death threats and all kinds of crazy things. I mean, I had to be so rooted and grounded in who I was and in what I believed. And for me, it really does go back to those private life moments. And when I'm alone with God, 
just allowing him to be the one who says, Maddie, this is who you are. I know this is what all these other people are saying. I know this is what you're feeling. I know this is what the world says, but this is who I say that you are. And I think every day we're constantly, you know, labeled and there's lies and there's pressures and there's all these things. And so it's really like taking all that, but still being able to come back to this place of, okay, God, there's all this crap, but like, what do you say? What does your word say? And who do you say that I am? And then aligning ourselves with God's truth. And I had to do that so many times and I was not perfect. Like there were days where I did not want to get out of bed. I did not believe that I was made for this moment. I did not believe that I was someone worth, you know, I don't know, telling people about the good news of Jesus. I didn't feel very confident. I didn't feel very beautiful. I didn't even want to go out in public. I've had those moments. And so that's not me saying that I've been perfect and that every day with God has been a walk in the park. There's been a lot of rough moments, but ultimately I continue to come back to this place of God. Okay. At the end of the day, I know that I was created to share the good news, to make a difference, to love on people. And when I live with that sense of this life is so much bigger than me, then it honestly gives me so much freedom and joy and confidence and purpose to know that it's not all about me. It's not about me sustaining my confidence or my strength or having, you know, the strength to stick to my beliefs, but rather, no, I have what I need every time I partner with God and I partner with the Holy Spirit and he gives me what I need to do what he's called me to do. And apart from that, like I don't have what it takes apart from that. I don't have the strength, grace, or courage. And so it really is me aligning myself every single morning with God's strength, with God's word. And, you know, I think that a lot of times too, people think, oh, I have this one moment with God. So therefore I'm good. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm like, actually it's like every day, every single day, because yeah. well, that's our what flesh I want to talk is to you loud about. The and the reps. world is loud, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's that consistency. And it's not about this like one time conference that you go to where you have goosebumps and you are like, God, I love you. And that's awesome. That's great. But it's really the everyday moments and the consistency of diving into God's word of spending that time in prayer and worship, letting God tell you who you are, reminding yourself of who God is, reminding yourself of why you've been placed on this earth and what your purpose is. And then just choosing to take that and to give that to other people. And so I only have what I need for other people when I first received it from Christ. And so that's something that I take very, very seriously. And that's, I mean, that's the reason that I've been able to, you know, stand firm in my beliefs and my convictions is because of, you know, those every day moments with Jesus and the alone time, not on social media, not on camera, not where everybody sees, but in the alone private moments with just me and the Lord. Yeah. Well, and can you, if you can get really practical with us, like, can you break down a little bit, you know, I'm not looking for some perfect Instagram, you know, the coffee, the Bible, the Beth Moore Bible study. I'm not looking for that, but like, um, you know, is there like a tool you love or is there like, do you do like, um, daily, like, do you have any like affirmations you say every day or like, do you have any, um, I don't know. And, or like you got something in your ears that you like to listen to as you get ready in the morning. I don't know. Is there something very practical you do to like, keep that in front of you? Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not perfect at this and not every single day looks the same for me, honestly. Um, when I'm doing really good (laughs) and when I'm in a good, a good spot and very disciplined, um, you know, the first thing I do, I wake up before I do anything, before I wash my face, get my coffee, brush my teeth, anything, uh, before I even get out of bed, I open up the Bible app. I read the verse of the day and mm-hmm. I watch, they have a little video that it's like a person who talks for like two minutes and they'll just kind of talk on the verse and kind of share their, their heart and their thoughts. And then there'll be a little prayer. And I kind of go through that. It takes five, 10 minutes, you know, and I do that, get out of bed, make my bed, brush my teeth, wash my face, get my coffee. And then I like to have my Jesus time. And then that's a time where I, I try and read a Psalms and a Proverbs and then pick another book in the Bible to kind of read really like dive into, uh, whether that's in the new Testament or old Testament, my favorite are the gospels. So I'll read the gospels probably four or five times a year, uh, and really go through it. But that's kind of what my morning routine looks like. And then throughout the day, and, and here's what I think too, that's so, so important is throughout the day, honestly, just like the day to day decisions. Cause the morning is so important. The morning sets the tone for your day. And that's why I like having my time with, with the Lord in the mornings, because it really sets the tone for the rest of the day. Um, and kind of gives me what I need, but it's 
also crucial in, you know, the everyday moments after that in the, you know, throughout the rest of the day to make sure you're kind of staying in a good headspace. And so for me, I'm really intentional with the music that I listen to. I'm intentional with how much time I spend on social media. I'm intentional with what content I'm taking in on social media. And I am intentional with the people that I surround myself with. And so those four things have been extremely helpful in staying rooted and grounded. And I, I, you know, I say to my sisters all the time, I'm like the two most important things, obviously, other than having, you know, a relationship with God is knowing who you are, like you being so confident in your identity and knowing who you are. And two is surrounding yourself with life-giving people and surrounding yourself with people who are going to remind you of who you are, that are going to call you higher, that are going to call you out. And that's so, so huge. And so that's something I've been very blessed with and fortunate with, but I've had seasons where I didn't have that. And so I had to, I had to figure some other things out. And a lot of times it was like just me and Jesus. And that was it. Like I would go home by myself every single night and just read God's word, do homework or do whatever. And it was just me and the Lord. So some seasons look different than others, but I would say that's been really huge for me. And then uh, my nighttime routine, I like to read a chapter of a book every night before I go to sleep. And instead of, you know, waking up and scrolling on my phone and instead of at night scrolling on my phone before I go to sleep, I try and really use both of those times to, you know, just position my, my mind and my thoughts, um, in a healthy way because it's super easy for all of us, but my, my thoughts can go crazy. So it's, it's really easy for my thoughts to go wild. So I just try and set myself up for success and give my, myself the greatest opportunity to think thoughts that are pure and holy and pleasing to God. And so, yeah, those, those are kind of my practical routines throughout the day. And again, I'm not perfect at it, but that's what I try to do. There's, there's never like the, well, maybe every once in a while, you know, once a month you have some perfect day with it but it's not about the perfection right. of it it's more like what you're saying is like you're not like last minute studying for the exam and like hoping right. you get it all in it's just like getting like the drips of this throughout the day in like when when you are aware that you're like not in a good headspace like how do you correct that wow I gotta get off Instagram oh like TikTok's yeah. not good for me oh this music we're listening to in the car right now like this is like not I'm aware now I'm gonna turn this off let's let's switch this yeah. to something else like I hear you talking about not perfection but just like letting this like kind of uh, simmer in you throughout the day yeah. all the time. So, I mean, yeah. speaking of all this stuff though, you, uh, as you've already kind of said, like there's lots of, uh, you know, haters on the internet. <laughs> um, <laughs> yep. so how do you, how do you deal with, um, offense or how do you, um, handle critique? Um, not is all like, not all critique is bad. So like, how do you navigate that whole world when you're, when you've yeah. got, as you said, millions of people watching a show and everyone's going to have an opinion. Mm-hmm. For me, I, cause I'm a challenger. I do like being challenged and I like being called out and I like being called higher, but I've learned in my life that there are only some people that I allow to do that because mm-hmm. not everyone has your best interests at hand. And so I've learned to be careful with who I listen to and who I let in and who I open up to and who I really let speak into my life. And so there's only, you know, I could probably count on one hand. I have my mentor, I have my mom, and then I have a few, you know, accountability partners and trusted friends that I would really open up to and value, you know, their words, their opinions, their advice, their prayers and, uh, and, and really let them like call me out and speak into my life. Other than that, um, honestly, I don't read anything. (laughs) I don't look at anything. I truly try not to because I don't want to, I don't want to hear all the praise because I don't want to get a big head. And I also don't want to hear all the negativity because I don't want to be insecure. So for me, for me, what's been so huge and what I try and encourage people with, no matter what their situation or season looks like, my life verse is Acts 20, 24. And it says, for I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's why I'm here. So I, I don't want to get caught up in 
what everybody else is saying, good or bad, right? Like I, I just want to be so focused and so honed in to where Jesus is and where he's calling me to go. And where he is is where I want to be. And ultimately, I just want to bring other people into that same place. And that's my goal. And that's my heart. And that's my perspective as I'm going throughout the day. Um, and that is like, uh, I mean, that's how I live my life, but I do want to speak, you know, real right now and just be honest too about the moments where I did let, you know, haters and people get to me. And when I did get really down and really offended. And, um, for me, I think something that, that has been super helpful, like I said, I try not to really read anything and, and pay attention to any of that. And I do think a lot of it's going to come back to like who you believe that you are, because if you're not sure of who you are reading, those things are going to have a huge impact and effect on you. Um, it's going to cause you to question your worth. It's going to cause you to question your purpose. It's going to cause you to start seeing yourself differently, or maybe it's even going to cause you to change who you are, to be more accepted or liked. And I think you see that a lot in the world that we're living today living in today is a lot of people just so desperately wanting to be wanted, wanting to go viral, wanting to be popular or accepted or liked. So they're willing to do anything to get to that place. But in the meantime, they're losing their self and they're yeah. losing their, their sense of self. They're losing their identity. They're losing their voice. And, um, you know, they're living a very dissatisfied and discontent and depressed life. And they're wondering why. And so, and you For can me, see how easily just, it happens. Like, oh, you can, I mean, you've lived I mean, through I, this. Like, I oh, know that's firsthand. how that happens. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. And it's so easy to, to go to spiral out of control with that. And, and, and so for me, I think one thing, of course, again, is it's so important to know who you are and to know what you believe about yourself. Because then when you know who you are, when you know whose you are, when you know who you belong to, then it doesn't matter what situation you step into, what circumstances look like, what other people are saying, what other people do to you and you know how how messy your life is around you like it doesn't matter because you can step into any relationship any situation saying this is who i am this is who i've called i've been called to be and and i'm going to walk that out in confidence and yeah. And so I think what we see is so many people coming from a place of lack and they're latching on to the words and acceptance and validation of other people. And therefore they're just on a roller coaster all the time. Yeah. Um, but for me, I can say with confidence, you know, I step into any relationship, any situation, reality TV, no one around doesn't matter saying, this is who I am. I know exactly who I am. It doesn't matter the opinions. It doesn't matter the attacks. It doesn't matter the words because I know who God says that I am. Um, and so I think that's so, so important. And when I had moments of being like super, super low and I was reading, you know, at that time, one time in my life, I was reading a lot of the things and, and I was taking it to heart because I was like, wait, that's not who I am. Like, I, and I felt like I needed to justify and explain. Let and me I was explain. like, no, like, you don't yeah, even understand. It, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Let me explain. That's not my heart at all. You know? And feeling misunderstood is one of the worst feelings ever because you're like, that's not true. That's not right. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it really took, um, one surrender. Like I just was like, Lord, at the end of the day, I live for an audience of one. And if you were proud of me and if you approve of me, that's all that matters. And so I had to get to that place. Um, I think another thing that was helpful was, you know, really in those moments when I would kind of believe all of those lies or all of those words would just, I would just take that and then just take a second and just stop wherever I was at and just pray. And it would be like every single time, like as you read through the Psalms, you kind of see David even wrestling with this too, when he writes his Psalms, but it, it's like, you know, you start off the prayer and you're like, God, this is happening. And, and my life is horrible. Where are you? I don't feel you. Like, are you even here? Do you even see me? Do you even love me? Yeah. And woe is me. Right. And just a very, you know, just discontent, dissatisfied, saddened perspective. And then by the end of it, and this is what happens with prayer every single time. And same with God's word. It's like, by the end of it, I'm rejoicing. And I'm like, God, you're so good. You're so big. You've got me, you love me. And so I noticed that as a, as a pattern of just, man, every single time I step into God's presence and I, and I begin to pray, I start off saying, God, look how big my problems are. And I would end it with God, look how big you are. And I trust you. I believe you. I know you've got me and you've brought me to this. So you're going to sustain me through this. And I'm just going to choose to cling to that. 
And so prayer was huge. Um, I think another thing again was, uh, having, having mentors and accountability in my life when I just needed to call up someone and I was struggling and I needed someone just to be like, no, like, don't give into that. Don't listen to that. Like, this is who God says you are. Pick up your head. This is what you've been called to do. Don't even think about those words for a second. You know, I think that was really, really, um, important for me. And the last thing I would say um, that I think is, it's kind of funny because I think a lot of times people think that when you're being selfish, it's when you have kind of a big head and a boastful spirit. But I've noticed even in my own life and in the people around me, you also can be very selfish and make it all about you, even when you're being insecure and fearful. And right. you still can go around being like, they don't accept me. How come they don't love me? How come they don't want me? How come I didn't get this and they got this? And, you know, we start questioning all of these things, again, making it about us. And so anytime I've been at a really low place, anytime I've lacked confidence or I've felt really sad or upset or depressed or anxious or whatever it is, you know, when I take that time to go and do something for someone else and go make a difference for someone else, literally 10 times out of 10, I walk away feeling more joyful, more confident, more full of purpose and peace because I realize in that moment, this life isn't about me and it's so much bigger than me. Yeah. And I just got to be a part of making someone else's day and adding value to someone else. So those are some practical things that have really helped me when I've been at a really low place. This whole season and this episode is brought to you by my friends at The Church Co. If you don't know The Church Co., you gotta check them out because they're literally building people websites for free. You sign up and you choose a plan and then they have a team of web designers building your website at no additional cost. I don't know anybody else who's doing it. There might be some others, but I don't know about anyone in the church game who's doing this. So it's amazing to see what they're doing to support churches. They believe in your mission and your ministry and they wanna build you a site that normally should cost thousands of dollars, but they do it for a really affordable price. And they have all these features that are specifically with the church in mind. So you may need them to build a different kind of website for you. But if you are a church, they have church online and CHMS integrations, digital prayer, small groups, events, sermons, all kinds of stuff. And they do it all starting at 29 bucks a month. But if you use the code digital, like word made digital, you're going to get a discount. You're going to save 20% on your first year. So go to the link in the show notes below and then save some more money with that digital code. Thanks so much to the church go for this whole season. organizations that you've been involved in do you want to talk to us about any do you want to I mean there's so many if you want to pick one like like one of the projects you've gotten involved in like there's just such a long list of I mean even just as you said starting your career out like you know advocating for foster kids um but yeah. since then like you've been you've been involved and used your voice to partner with some really meaningful work so what's something you're excited about right now so I have, so I partnered with Adullam House. It's, it's this um, organization outside of Auburn, Alabama, which is where my family is and where I'm from. And we have been serving with them and partnering with them for quite a bit now. And basically they are a, it's a home for uh, kids whose parents or moms have been incarcerated and they oh, have nowhere wow. else to go. They have no other family members. And so in a way, it, it is kind of like a, a foster home. It's kind of a temporary home for these kids until they can ultimately be adopted or reunited with their family. But it's a, a Christian organization. They raise them in such an incredible way. And uh -huh. I've been giving back to them and serving with them for a while now and it's a huge passion of mine. We actually did respite care, which is a form of foster care out of um, a Dullum house for a little bit with a little girl that my family fell absolutely in love with. And she has completely changed our lives forever. And we, we did respite care with her for uh, probably three years. And um, she just recently got adopted with her brothers, wow. which is such an answered prayer. But Anyways, yeah, that's probably yeah, one of it. my so good. biggest, you know, organizations that I've partnered with. I've done stuff with the Dream Center, which is in LA. They also have one in Dallas that I haven't been to yet, but I'm really trying to get over there um, to do some things with them. Uh, my family also has a, a bracelet line with My Saint, My Hero, and uh, the women who weave together the bracelets are based all across the world, a lot of them in Africa, and it's their really only 
a way of making money for their family. And so it's been really cool to, you know, be a part of that as well yeah. and be able to give opportunities to women and children like all over the world who wouldn't ever have those opportunities and, um, to provide the women to provide for their families and the, their children. And, yeah, and then I've been able to even give some of those proceeds back to Adullam House as well. So it's been, it's been really cool. But that's that's my heart and that's my passion, and I'm I'm ready to do a little bit more of that. But my season has been this past year has really been more focused on, um, you know, speaking and writing and really speaking into this generation and speaking into yeah. women and just reminding them of their purpose and their identity and what God has on their life. And so that's kind of been my way of adding and serving awesome. over the past year. Yeah. So just as like a last question, I guess, is just, uh, you know, if there's people listening who are feeling like they're stepping into a new thing, like, like they're stepping up, maybe it's a new job, maybe it's a new opportunity. Maybe they've been asked to speak somewhere for the first time. You know, someone who's like about to kind of step with like some fear into fear and trembling into like a new platform. Um, you know, what would you just say to encourage them, uh, you know, based on all that you've learned from like this platform that you had or that you still have? Oh gosh, so many things. Um, one, I would say one of the things that I learned was about what true courage looks like and true courage isn't just you know, having these opinions and being just reckless and just doing all these crazy things whenever, wherever, however, true courage, true God honoring courage is rooted in obedience and it's rooted in conviction and it's partnered with wisdom. Mm -hmm. And I learned with courage, you know, when to say yes, when to say no, when to go, when to stay and when to speak up, when to be silent. And I think that true courage also doesn't mean that you don't get afraid. I think you are going to have moments where, you know, fearful thoughts creep up. It's inevitable. We're human, right? And when I felt like God was leading me to go on The Bachelor, oh my gosh, I was terrified. I was so yeah. afraid. But I knew it was where God was calling me to go. Therefore, I stepped out in courage, not because I didn't have fear, but because I didn't let fear stop me and because I knew that... I was called to be obedient, whatever the cost. And that's why I say it's it's rooted in that obedience and conviction of realizing that it's not about me. And so it's it's that kind of moment of saying, God, here I am. Like where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Where you move, I will move. Like I want to go wherever you're leading me, wherever you're sending me, I'm there. And having that mindset and that mentality. And if that looks like speaking, if that looks like serving at a nonprofit, if that looks like being a missionary, if that looks like being a teacher, a doctor, whatever that looks like, it's not meant to look the same for all of us. You know, we're not all called to be speakers and writers. We're not all called to be teachers and doctors. It looks different for each and every one of us, but it's really leaning into what God has for you, what he's created and put inside of you, what you have to add to this world and how you can make a difference with your life. And then just not allowing fear, fear of the unknowns, fear of failure, fear of, you know, not measuring up or whatever it is, uh, fear of, of man, not letting that stop you from what God has for you. And so yeah. I would say that's been a big, you know, encouragement to me. And then there's this quote, I'm probably going to butcher it, but there's this quote by Christine Kane where it says something like, make sure that the light that shines in you is brighter than the light that shines on you. Yeah. And I think that's so powerful and something that I also would just encourage people with, because I think a lot of people get into, you know, uh, speaking or writing or, or want a platform with kind of selfish motives. And so I just would make sure to that you never rush something or you never step into something that isn't God and that you are truly obedient and surrendered to whatever God has for you, even if it's not what you would think. And my road and route and where God led me was not at all what I would have thought for my life. It wasn't what I asked for. It wasn't what I wanted. It wasn't what I prayed for, but it was what God had for me. And now I'm grateful for that. And there's so much blessing that comes on the other side of obedience and how one step of courage from you and one yes from you can lead to other people's obedience and freedom and revelation of who Jesus is. And that's why it's so powerful just saying yes to God and whatever he has for you. So don't be afraid to step out, but also use wisdom and, um, and let God's spirit lead you on what that looks like and make sure that it's not 
for selfish intent. Make sure that it's it's to further the kingdom and make sure that it's to make a difference and add value to other people. Yeah. Madison, thank you so much for spending your time today. This like wisdom, insight, encouragement from someone um, who maybe we've seen from a distance, but it's great to to kind of hear your heart behind um, what we've seen on TV. Thanks so much. Well, thank you so much for having me. And I really hope everyone just feels encouraged and challenged and just knows that whatever moment they are in right now is the moment they were made for, not the moments of yesterday, the moments of tomorrow, but this moment right here and right now. And God has such a plan and a purpose for them. Um, Where will people find you, find your book? Where do you want to send people today? So you can check me out on Instagram or TikTok just at Maddie Prue, M-A-D-I-P-R-E-W. And my website is also on my Instagram. It's on my Instagram bio. It's just maddieprue.com. And you can find my book there or you can find my book in any bookstores near you or on Amazon. I usually get all my books from Amazon. So whatever works for you. Um, but yeah, just come come hang out. Send me a DM. Let me know how you feel encouraged by, by this word from today. And Uh, and, and I just hope everyone knows that they're made for this moment. Awesome. Thanks, Maddie. Thank you so much. Madison Pruitt, thank you so much for that conversation. We have reached the end of another season, my friends. I'm so grateful uh, for you to listen to it, for you to share it. When you text me, DM me, email me, however you reach out to say that you're listening um, and something that maybe impacted you means a lot. So we'd love to hear what you loved about this season as we're prepping for the next this spring coming at you again with some fresh episodes. And we're going to do a shift. You know, we've been talking about how the world is on fire. We're we're needing a break from that. (laughs) Our team has been meeting and just saying, you know, we need something lighter. We need something fun. We're going to talk to some amazing guests about brighter, more hopeful things about the future and can't wait to bring those episodes to you. So thank you, of course, to Compassion Canada and to the Church Go who have made this whole season possible. I want you to go to our YouTube channel, check our tutorials or back catalog of podcasts. We'd love to support you in the work that you do and encourage you along the way. And another way we can do that day to day is in the Digital Church Facebook group. So join us there. All the links are always in the show notes. You can go on Facebook and just search Digital Church. You're going to find our group and we would love to connect with you. All right, my friends, it's been another amazing season. I'm so grateful to my team who has made this possible. Shout outs to people like Emily and Cam and Brandon who have made this season possible, who have been editing and working and building and helping uh, to bring this content to you. Couldn't do it without them quite literally. So thanks to everybody and we'll see you on the next season of Word Made Digital. Thanks for listening to the Word Made Digital Podcast with Joanna LaFleur. If you like this content, hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Rate it and share this episode with your friends. Head over to wordmadedigital.com for more free tools and helpful content for creatives and communicators. We love helping you communicate the best news in the world. 